Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So it's been a journey of tithing, and as we've been discussing, it's beginning in Abraham. That Abraham, back when he was still Abram, felt the need to glorify God in giving a free will offering of one tenth of all that he had earned in his battle to save Lot, his nephew, and his family. Then we explored what it meant in the book of Leviticus to tithe, that it was part of being right with God and one another. And lastly, we went to 2 Corinthians, and we saw there that Paul was urging the people to give not from an obligation or guilt, but instead as an expression of our faith and, quite frankly, our gratitude. And then today we hear what could be harsh words from the prophet Malachi. But instead, I think God is pleading for us with a challenge. Instead, God is laying before us an opportunity. I told you last week that I was so thrilled to hear about one of the first worship uh, services and series that my predecessor Jim engaged in, right? And his lesson to us was what? There is enough, right? And I said that Jim was right and wrong, right? There is more than enough. That God is not just a God of sufficiency, but God is a God of abundance. And so it is that God has blessed us richly in Crozet. And if I needed any more proof of that, I saw it over the course of the last week when one of our families in the church was in a deep, dark place. And not only did this congregation, but the community turned out in droves to support and uplift and uphold them in their time of need. I saw firsthand that we are a blessed people. And I know that the Clarks have felt that. They told me they did. And when much of this congregation and this community turned out in droves on Friday to be with them as they mourned the loss of their son and grandfather, I could see that even in the suffering and the pain, God has been good to us in Crozet. And so we get back to what does that look like here? What does that look like in us and in our daily lives? I think that God has given us a pathway. That God says to us, if you are willing to step out on faith and try this, you will see that I can be better than you ever expected. God actually says to us in Malachi, put me to the test. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Now, Maybe you're like me, and the first thing I thought of was Jesus being tested in the wilderness going, you shouldn't put the Lord to the test. And even Moses says that when he rebukes the people after they've come out of the exodus of Egypt, and he says to them, don't put God to the test. They were complaining that they had no meat in the wilderness. And yet, here we have God saying, put me to the test. Well, what's the difference? The difference is, 
Who is inviting the challenge? Is it coming from us or is it coming from God? And in this case, God says to us, try me. Just try me and see what I can do. It's no different than when Jesus says, ask and I will give it to you. Knock and the door will be opened. If we are willing to do as God says, God promises over and over again in Scripture, I will be good to you. And not just good as in, thanks, that was nice, but good as in, my God, why have you been this good to me? And tithing is about moving into that. I told you I'm not going to demand that you tithe. I'm not going to demand that you fill out any kind of pledge card or anything like that. Instead, I want us over the course of the next week to really sit down and think about the possibilities. I want us to realize that we are on a precipice here. We are on the verge of something incredible in Crozet. We have an opportunity to show the entire world something that I believe God is waiting to bring forth. There is an energy in this town. There is a presence in God's people. And over and over again in the short amount of time I have been here, I have felt it. I have seen you do incredible things. And I believe that God has only just begun. I believe that there are far greater things that will come forth from us. And that God is ready to unleash grace in unparalleled form through this church. So how do we do that? What does it look like? It looks like unfettered gratitude. It looks like the kind of church that says, I am so thankful there is nothing I won't do for you, almighty God. When the call comes, we are here to respond. We are not limited by anything but our imagination and what we can do for the glory of God. I believe because over and over again, God has smacked me upside the head with this vision of abundance. That there is abundance, not only in our lives, but in our congregation. And that we have an opportunity to share in that goodness. And if we're willing, I think God will take what looks like a massive abundance and exponentially increase it. Imagine if we were a tithing church. Imagine what we could do. Now, your history is such that right about October or November, I, as your current senior pastor, am supposed to stand here and tell you what? How many, how many tens of thousands were behind? As excited as I am for that... I think there's another way. I think there's another way. And that's not to say that this church isn't good. It is. It does wonderful things. And your giving shows me that you are committed to God. It is revelatory the way in which I get the statements from the annual conference saying, you are right on track to pay all your apportionments. Thank you, Jesus. 
because I don't want to stand here and have that conversation with you. But I think that if we became a tithing church, I wouldn't be standing up here in October and November telling you how much we needed. I think I would be standing here on December saying, we've got to figure out who we're going to bless with all this money. I think that I would be coming back to you saying, we have more than enough, so much more than enough that God is calling something out of us. What is it that God is empowering in you that God wants you to bring to bless other people? What new missions and opportunities and ministries is God going to allow to flourish? Because I can tell you right now, having been in committee meetings since I was 17 in the United Methodist Church, that there's usually a flow of conversation. And it goes like this. Someone gets emboldened enough to say, what if we did this? And then there's a silence. And someone says, yeah, that sounds great. How are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? And I think that the other question should be, how are we not going to do this? If God is moving in the hearts of just one person here and says, do this, how can the rest of us not gather behind that person and say, go, we are with you, we are for you? Because God knows that whatever it is that a person feels called to do, there's at least one person out there that needs it. Desperately so. We could change the way we do ministry in the church if we become tithers. Instead of having to stop and calculate how much we could give to something, we would be saying, you want to start a new ministry? Here's $10,000. What else do you need? And the world would open up in radical ways. Imagine if a youth had an idea and we could make it happen in less than a week. What greater testimony to the providence of God that God would provide in the instant. Does it matter that we can respond that quickly? Of course. Of course it does. Because when the spirit moves and there's energy and excitement, you don't want to wait for it in committee. I've got to take it to the trustees, and then I've got to get approval from the finance committee. And then two months later, yeah, that was great before we got involved into soccer. Instead, let the committees work for us. You need it, we've got it. You want it, have it. You feel called, do it. Instead, the world would turn around and instead of asking, can we? The structure of the church would be saying, go forth. Now, as we've been looking at what this number I'm supposed to be bringing to you looks like, it occurred to me that a church budget is made up of two halves, hopefully halves, we're working towards halves. And one number is our survival number. It is the number that the church needs to hold steady, not to grow and not to atrophy. 
It's our survival number. It includes paying for our building and our utilities and our staff, the bare minimum to function. It's our survival number. Now we could give and just take care of our survival number. But I have been in a district where churches lived on the survival number. And I got to tell you, after a while, they're not even surviving. But I believe that the other side of ministry is the thrival number. It's the number that it takes to thrive, to allow people to find their place in the missions and the ministry of the church. It's that number that we actually fund the love, the grow, and the go with. It's the number where possibilities are endless and God's goodness is tangible. It's the side of ministry that gets us excited, unlike the light bill. It's the side of ministry that makes us go, I can't believe we did that. It's the side of ministry that lets us say on the fly, on the spur of the moment, five hours beforehand, we are going to open this space and have a prayer vigil for anybody who wants to come in and pray for the Clarks and allow 50 people to gather here and to write cards of sympathy and compassion and upholding. It allows the church staff to compose and put forth a prayer on prayer cards so that people can continue to pray unceasingly for those in pain and suffering. It lets us burn candles on the altar without going, do we have the money for that? It lets us say, I don't care the cost. This is ministry. And I thank God that at no point did someone turn to me and say, can we afford that? We couldn't afford not to. But how many other things do we truncate? How many other things do we let slip through our fingers? Because instead of reveling in the goodness of God, we become scared and we hold on so tight that we're afraid to let even a penny go. Ministry is risk. Ministry is about putting ourselves out there and sometimes not having it go the way we envisioned it, but we gave it a try. We didn't stay sequestered in this building and let the sanctuary become our tomb. Instead, we went out and we gave it our best shot. And God knows that something happened, even if we can't quantify it. And we've learned from our mistakes. We see how we can get better, how the next time it will be more effective. We are going on to perfection ministerially as well as personally. That is the difference between tithing and not. Tithing lets us thrive. If you want to thrive as a church, we must tithe. We can eke by. We can just barely make it. Or we can blow the doors off the building. And the world will see that God 
is good, not only in how we give, but the way we give back. The way we change how we think about everything. Everything. The world thinks we're nuts. The world says, you want to give 10% before taxes? You're loopy. That's a bad investment. You, it's not. It's not. I can be investing in lots of things. I've told you that. There are lots of things. I have a Roth IRA and a pension. And I invest in both. But ultimately, I am not taking those with me. My tithe is an investment in the kingdom to come. I don't want to spend eternity in a box. I want to spend eternity in heaven. And I don't want to just be there. I love y'all, but I don't want to just be there with us. I want to be there with everyone. Everyone. Close your eyes. Close them. Picture in your mind one person, just one person that you know and you care for and you love. That is not a part of our communion. That one person. Open your eyes. If we radically change the way that we give and that person could be in the kingdom to come with you, is it worth it? Then what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Now I know that life has all kinds of circumstances. And I know that some people are going, I physically cannot tithe right now. Fine. But let the seed be planted. And constantly revisit, God is now the time. How can I get there? Even if you just go up a percentage point of what you give. Can you make it incremental? Can you set a plan so that you get there? Now, I'm one of those people that just had to suck it up and do it. That's just who I am. You had to do it. Because I could increment till I'm dead. But I needed to do it. And so maybe you're like me and you just need to do it. Or maybe you need to make sure that now is the time and this is the hour and you need to discern. Take that time. Or maybe you're the person that says, God, I can't do it right now, but I want to get there and I need your help. And so you will. You will get there. But this is the first fruits of your labor. This is what you earn for a living. So if you're a teenager and you come and you babysit my child, you would tie that, which means I should probably pay you more. Right? That's why a just wage is so important. Because how do you tithe on an unjust wage? You think about the ways in which we can change our lives. Now, if Grandma gives you $100 at Christmas, you, that's not tithing. You don't tithe that. That's a gift. But if you put forth energy and effort, whether mental or physical then you tie that. Then that's what we're getting toward. Because to tithe is to thrive. And we need to thrive. We need to know that our faith is enlivened and active and making a difference. And we need to show the world 
that God is not dead, that God is not gone, that God is not watching from a distance. God is here in Crozet. And God is in us. And in every ministry, in every act, you are well on your way. God says, bring me the full tithe so that there may be food in my house. There's food in this house. And we regularly feed people through the work of our food pantry. But I don't think God wants us to stop there. I think God has even bigger things planned. That there are more needs out there. There are more ways to feed people than with just food. God calls us to equip and empower and encourage and love people into their greatness. And that is how a church thrives. And I think that we are going to get there. I believe it deep down inside because I have seen how wonderful you are. And I have encountered how great God is in you and through you. And now it is my duty, my honor, my privilege to send you back out and show that to Crozet. We tithe to thrive. And we live and breathe to show the world that they are loved and that God's grace is for us all. May we give with that single purpose in mind. And may we honor and glorify God in a way that liberates us and empowers all people. May it be so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.